Welcome to Leader Spotlight. On this podcast, we bring you the stories of leaders, their personal journeys, and put a spotlight on the inspiring things they are doing in their organizations. Hey, everyone. I'm Annette Klozowski, your host. I'm an executive coach, an entrepreneur, a crazy dog person, and love all things health and fitness. I am joined with our co-host and producer, Annie Brown. What can I say about Annie? Let's see, (laughs) Annie. You are a marketing and social guru for sure. Oh, yeah. Creative. And the other interesting thing about you is you are like the knower of all great podcasts to listen to. (laughs) Amazes me. (laughs) Well, today I'm very excited. We have Susan Steinbrecher with us. Susan is a business consultant. She's a licensed mediator. She's a speaker. She is the CEO of her own firm, Steinbrecher and Associates. It's a management consulting firm. They do professional development. They do executive coaching, leadership training. So I kind of feel like Susan and I are kindred souls. Uh, We do a lot of the same things. Um, She is also an Inc.com columnist. She's been featured expert on MSNBC's Your Business, the New York Times, and Entrepreneur.com. So obviously what she has to say is very important. I mean, one of my favorite things that we get to talk about today is EQ, and she has co-authored a new book called Meaningful Alignment. It's about mastering emotionally intelligent interactions at work. So I'm very excited about having her on with us today. But Annie, first of all, how's your EQ? If if we were going to assess you today, how how do you think you're going to land? Today, I don't know, (laughs) but... (laughs) Uh, generally, I think, um, I think my EQ is pretty good. Like, especially in, uh, business settings when I'm really thinking about it, I have a, a pretty good knack for stepping in someone else's shoes and seeing, you know, kind of what they're going through. So that empathy part, I think, you know, it does take a little effort for me. So like in, you know, my more, um, day-to-day relationships with like friends and stuff it's a it's a little harder because I'm not so keyed in um but I'm working on that so that's that's I think where I stand on EQ but I'm excited about this excited to learn some stuff some tips so you just behave better at work <laughs> yeah yeah I'm more <laughs> well behaved I, I think we probably all feel that way right right so moving on from my uh EQ challenges that I will improve on today um I <laughs> I really want to highlight this review. We love hearing from our listeners. This review for our podcast is from Meg Caprish. Being a great leader means always listening and always learning. Luckily, this podcast lets us do both. Thank you for the great leader stories. So I just, uh, I wanted to share that with you because I thought that was a really nice review. And also for anybody um, listening, if you enjoy this episode, be sure to leave a review or comment on our IG We'll pick out a few reviews to read on the air and uh, give you a shout out. Yes. Thank you to all of our follows, inputs, and reviews. We really appreciate that. And uh, yes, what's so great about this is um, not only do people that listen get to learn, we do too. So um, I don't know how many more books I've added to my stack off of people we've interviewed, but um, I have another one to add today. So I'm kind of excited about that. So Well, let's move on. Susan, welcome. We are glad to have you on the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Well, we've got a lot to go through. Um, EQ is really one of my things to not only speak about, but I do a lot of learning around it. And one of my favorite sayings is, 
your results mirror your conversations. And what I find is, no, it doesn't matter if it's business or personal, people struggle with having those hard conversations sometimes. So I, I want to start with uh, really, you know, that inability to have that effective conversation, you know, when it, the stakes are high, maybe it's a little sensitive, um, that can cost organizations time, money, there's a lot of fallout. And I think by us being human, um, our nature is that that's just difficult. That's not a, necessarily a fun place that a lot of us go to. So kind of my first question is, when you work with leaders and organizations, when they bring you in, what, what are the symptoms you're seeing of, of, of a low IQ? You know, what's kind of playing out inside that organization? Yeah, so I, I could not agree more when I, I think of it this way. People typically lack the confidence, competence, and comfort to have those challenging conversations at home and at work. So when I think about building the skill around this, we need to learn how to build the skill at, at home just as much as we do in our workplace. Um, speaking on the professional side, though, is the symptoms we hear is a leader doesn't listen to me, he or she doesn't care about me, they, you know, they don't stop to understand my viewpoint or perspective, or what we also hear are things like this, this uh, leader responded very emotionally, there was no self-composure, emotional composure or resilience in place, fly off the handle, uh, lack empathy. So all of those are kinds of things that we hear. Their interpersonal skills are really lacking. They don't bring people along. <laughs> it's that kind of thing. The list goes on. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> well, what I, I really am excited about your book, Meaningful Alignment, because you share a six-step process that helps people resolve that conflict. And, and it is about the alignment, which I love, because you know, if you don't have that alignment, you're not going to be able to be effective, efficient. You're not going to be able to move with velocity. I mean, there's so many things in business, even executing on one plan. So talk, kind of walk us through, you know, if, if we're your, we're your students now, kind of walk us through where we start. And then maybe this six-step process is a good place to start. Sure. Happy, happy to do that. So each step in this map, as we would call it, meaningful alignment process or map for short, um, has a very specific intention. And if a step is skipped, then it's just a little bit of a diminished return of this working out well for you. So that's why it's pretty important that people really understand the purpose behind every step and what those six steps are. And also just to take a step back, before we actually go in a conversation and even use those six steps, um, which is intended to resolve whatever the issue is, right? So the practical goal of the conversation is to fix a particular problem, resolve an issue, answer a question, find a solution, et cetera. That's kind of the practical purpose for the conversation. However, the most important part and the gateway in and the one thing that's going to create success is meeting the person's ego or personal need first and foremost. And so we also um, introduce a set of skills. There's four what we call emotional management techniques. These are things that the person conducting the conversation can make sure are deployed all along the way, all along the roadmap, if you will, to be certain that we're keeping any potential negative emotion more neutralized. <laughs> we're not saying we're going to go from, you know, I'm really upset with you to I'm really happy with you, but we're trying to not trying to neutralize the negative emotion 
So the person stays in the game and stays in the conversation engaged. So the first, co- the first step of the six-step process is as simple as this sounds, it sounds so like, well, duh, right? It's introduced the reason for the discussion. But the reason we literally put that out as a very specific step is we often go from in the business environment, meeting to meeting to meeting, conversation from conversation to conversation. And we're assuming in our head, we're ready to have a conversation with Johnny at one o'clock. And we're assuming Johnny is very clear what the purpose of that conversation is, but Johnny is probably not. (laughs) So the very first step is to say, the reason for our discussion today is X, and here's what I'm noticing, and this is what I'd like to align with you on. So not assuming that you're on the same page from the very beginning is really, really important. So I love the, here's what I'm noticing, and here's what I want to align with you on. I love those two points. Yes. And part of using those emotional management techniques, which one of them is, is maintaining or enhancing somebody's self-regard. Empathetic responding is another, listening actively, fully present, reflective listening and mindful listening, and then inviting people's participation. Those are the four things we're going to basically suggest get used where appropriate all the way through the six-step process. So In that very beginning, we're opening with gratitude. We are saying things like, thank you so much for your time today. I know that you're crazy busy and I so appreciate you taking time to have this discussion with me. So it sets the stage. The person's probably a bit nervous, which means they're not really fully present. They may be nervous or scared. And so the more that you layer in this respect and gratitude and all of that, it starts to calm the person down and, again, get them very engaged in the conversation. And so our second step is to identify, put out on the table what the problem is or the issue is or the opportunity. This doesn't always have to be a, quote, unquote, negative conversation. It could be, oh, my gosh, our organization landed this huge account. And how are we going to work through that? We're not aligned how we should project manage that new account. So it could be the opportunity, problem, or issue. And we always are recommending all along the way to always ask your partner's perspective first. And that's very purposeful because not only does that show positive self-regard, you're actually asking their opinion first, their viewpoint first, but it also buys you time. In the event, (laughs) you hear something and inside you're going, you got to be kidding me. Like, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard (laughs) or whatever. It buys you time to gain your own composure. (laughs) Right. So we ask their perspective first, and then we share our own perspective. Like, what do you think is the particular issue at hand here or problem or opportunity? Thank you for that. Here's what I'm seeing, or I agree with you, and I'm also seeing A, B, and C. Gosh, that is so hard because yes. <laughs> really what you, you, we all have an agenda, right, for those right. conversations. And I think what we what we lead with is you know, I'm having this frustration with you and then we go right into our agenda. So yeah, it's like retraining yourself to step back a little. Um, I I use the analogy from that critical conversations, like let's pretend there's a a lake in between us or a pool. And my job is to get everything out of your head to fill that pool up. Mm -hmm. And once I get that pool filled up, a lot of times I change my perspective of how to approach it. So 
I love your first two steps. These are yes. These and to your point, the, the thing is, remember with what is the purpose of this conversation? It's to achieve alignment with this individual. And when we talk about meaningful alignment, what, how we're describing that is the purpose of gaining alignment with this individual and preserving, if not even enhancing the relationship while you do so. So it's not just we agree on something, but that relationship is critical, especially if you're in a work environment and you have to work with this person again. And unfortunately, part of the drama that goes into this conversation is potentially past conversations that didn't go so well. So both you and that other individual is coming into this dialogue with, oh yeah, I remember last time we met, that was a disaster. So all of that is sort of um, poisoning the process, if you will, which is why using those four emotional management techniques are going to be so important to keep breaking through and neutralizing any negative emotion that might be there. So, Okay, so list those four techniques again. Sure. Maintain or enhance the person's positive self-regard. So everybody has a self-esteem and a self-regard, and they want that to be at least maintained and when appropriate, enhanced. We just don't ever want to lower. Because if you lower, then now the person's defensiveness goes up. They're not going to play ball anymore, and you've gotten absolutely nothing accomplished. And not only have you got nothing accomplished, you now have a problem in this relationship on a go-forward basis, potentially. So that's one. Empathetic responding is another. Responding with empathy, recognizing even if you don't agree with a person, you can still be very empathetic in your response. I can appreciate how difficult this is for you. I can see how frustrating this is for you kind of thing. Listening with full presence, active and mindfully. So mindfully listening is full present listening, being just the vessel for this person to be able to share what they're having to say, and you're actually fully present and able to take it in without sitting there and in your head going, rehearsing what you're going to say next (laughs) kind of thing. Truly being that open vessel. And the last is inviting their participation, asking for their ideas, asking for their input. You have such great ideas. You're such a great collaborator. I want to hear from you. What do you think? All of those things invites the person to the party and that also maintains or enhances her self-esteem by doing so. So those are the four that we try to, again, interweave all the way through our process. Okay. Okay. So then we get to step three, which is discuss the impact. And this is a step very often missed. Everybody assumes, everybody knows what the impact of us not getting aligned is. And that is a very poor assumption on most people's part. Once again, we're asking our partner first. What do you think is the impact of us not gaining alignment here today? And then you hear what they have to say and you're, you're thinking in your mind, yep, that's true. And there's three or four other things they may not even be aware of is the bigger picture impact. So then after you've heard, yes, agree with you. Thank you. I think that's terrific. And what I'm also thinking is ABCDNA. Sometimes a whole amount of enlightenment happens right there in the partner because they don't they didn't understand the bigger picture impact. Mm-hmm. And the next one is to brainstorm solutions and ideas. So again, asking your partner first. So thank you so much for what you've shared so far. What do you think are the uh, ways to resolve this? What ideas do you have? What do you think is the opportunity that we have? Once again, asking first and sharing your own appropriate positive self-regard. Those are great ideas. Thank you for sharing that, et cetera, along the way. 
And the fifth step is the one most often missed. And this is where everything blows apart. (laughs) So this is critical. Step five is to summarize what you understand has been agreed to. So it's summarizing the actions and commitment to moving forward here. So it's saying, so let me make sure I've got it. What I'm hearing you say is you're going to do A, B, and C by X date. Did I get that right? What have I missed? And you're saying, and what I'm going to do is do A, B, and C. Did I get that right? What have I missed? It allows the opportunity right then and there that if there has been an assumption and a miscommunication in the previous brainstorming step, that it's clarified. Because what you don't want to have happen is we stop at the brainstorming, we think we're on the same page, and we're not. (laughs) So this makes sure you are before you close. That right of that fifth step is right after you brainstorm, it's it's almost like expectations are set. So you're just really clarifying expectations that have been set. You're clarifying the expectation and you're sort of sealing the deal. I mean, what I think of as this is a very results oriented, very problem solving type of model. It's a high accountability model. What you're doing is minimizing excuses for things to not move forward in the right way. Um, in a very respectful demeanor. It's like, let me make sure I've got it because I'm taking notes as we spoke and I want to be sure I've been clear that I've heard you correctly. What have I missed? You're actually inviting them to tell you, well, you missed this, you missed that. Or, oh, I thought you were going to talk to Johnny, not me talk to Johnny or whatever it is. All this stuff that creates frustration later because this assumption was made that we were on the same page and we're not. So that's the really important uh, fifth step. And the last is concluding with a follow-up. And the follow-up part is critical here because it's, you know, thank you so much for meeting with me today as I knew you would have great ideas and you have. I feel great about what we've accomplished today. I think we've really achieved alignment on our go-forward strategy. Why don't you and I meet, you know, next week, two o'clock? Does that work for you? just so we can be sure that we're getting traction and that both of us um, can kind of come back and share what obstacles we might be having or what successes we've achieved. So the purpose of the follow-up is one more layer message of accountability. Like, oh, you're going to follow up with me. Okay, got it. (laughs) Um, And at the same time, now that you have the follow-up meeting in place, you have the opportunity in that follow-up meeting to say, thank you so much for doing what you basically said you were going to do. I so appreciate it. This is great. Or if they haven't followed up, it gives you the, you already have the date set to readdress the issue again and say, Hey, you know, my understanding from our last conversation is this was going to happen. Can you share with me what obstacles you've had or how I can be of support to get that done kind of thing. Either way you win because the follow-up date's been established. Yeah. Okay, so my next question is probably where a lot of us fall. Um, You kind of plan this conversation. You have it in your head. You sit down. It goes nothing like you had planned. Mm -hmm. And and there's triggers. Something sets you off. Um, You know, you get frustrated. They get defensive. You know, whatever that is that happens that makes this difficult, Yes. What what is what do you advise do you give for people? Because I'm sure we're all different. Um, some of us price stuff things and retreat. Some of us fight uh, fight back. Like, how do we really know 
you know, like how to how to stop, you know, that ball from rolling down the hill, if you will. When we when we know it's going, we, we know we've veered from our six steps yes. and it's going south. What then what? Um, you're really bringing up a very critical point that we not only have in our book, but also in all of our trainings is we teach people what to do in the moment when they find themselves getting upset and they're getting emotionally triggered. And yet I'm in the middle of a conversation. So we teach four processes. One is to what we call hit the pause button. And this is where you feel yourself getting upset. Just don't speak. Because if you say something in that moment, you're, it's not going to go well with 100% prediction. <laughs> so yes. because yes. you have been emotionally hijacked and you're going to say something uh, with the wrong tone or the wrong words or the wrong body or all three, and the person's clearly going to get the message that you're upset. So we, we call it, instead of just immediately reacting the better way to do things is to respond. And in this case, hit the pause button. Silence is uncomfortable for a lot of people. And by your silence, sometimes somebody else will fill it and speak up. That buys you time to do the second thing we teach, which is breathe. And now that sounds odd because of course we breathe. We wouldn't be alive if we weren't breathing. But what that's about is as the person is talking and you feel yourself getting upset, start focusing on your breath, start focusing on your body. And then it starts to calm your system down the more that you get out of your head and into the body, if you will. The third one, which buys you a lot of time and allows you some emotional composure space is to deflect the conversation. And we do that through things like asking questions or saying something like, that's interesting. I wouldn't have considered that. Can you share more about that? Are you willing to share more about that? Tell me more about that. Um, I'd like to understand. And so now the pressure's off you and on that other individual, allowing you again some time to breathe. <laughs> and worst case, you, it's just, it's a disaster. It's not working. It's when you deploy what we call our fourth tool is to delay the conversation. And that is just be honest and say, hey, listen, I'm upset. You're upset. Why don't we both take a step back and reconvene, think through what we've discussed today, reconvene and come back tomorrow with cooler heads. That's better than plowing ahead because again, with 100% prediction, this is not gonna go well when we're so emotionally triggered. So those are four things that we recommend in the moment. Now, to build the strength to have the emotional composure and resilience for when you do need it in the moment, there is a whole set of skills we're teaching proactively so and that is how do we build that sort of composure muscle so then when the time calls upon you actually have the strength and reserve and we do that through taking care of self mind body and spirit so there's all kinds of things that we share around taking care of self because here's the here's the truth it's hard to be passionate and compassionate and tolerant when you're sick and when you're tired so adequate sleep proper diet, right exercise, um, all of those kinds of things fall under sort of the body space. And then we have a whole list that falls under the spiritual space as well as the um, mental space to help you build the strength and reserve in advance. So it's a lot to cover in this short period of time, but that gives you a little bit of sneak preview. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I, you know, when I work in executive coaching and I lead these executive groups, we talk a lot about 
you know, elite leaders are a lot like elite athletes and an elite athlete's not just training on that skill of like jumping hurdles. There is a lot around, you know, the psychology of where their mind is, it's their fitness, their nutrition, so that they can perform at an elite level. And as leaders, that is so true. And I think the symptom of that not happening is probably a really low EQ. If you, you know, fly off the handle, if you, um, you know, for me, I speak before I really think. And so like, you know, I, I used to have a sign in front of me that would say, shut your pie hole, because there are times (laughs) when I would need to remind myself, just close the mouth and listen, you know, that's the pause button that we talked about. Yeah. The pause button. So, That's funny. Okay. Well, now I also know you have an assessment that people can take. Is that part of the book? Is that a separate? How did how did would somebody come to find your assessment? Thank you. Uh, right now, it's so new, and the book is so new. And by the way, we chose to write the book in a novel uh, format versus a traditional business format, as I've done in my previous books, because I think there's so much power in story. So when you read the book, it's a very quick read. You follow the day in the life of a main character whose life's basically imploding. (laughs) And uh, um, his boss says, you're going to start working with a coach. And all the things that we're teaching, that we would teach in our workshops is is being imparted through coaching sessions, Um, just as a side note. But right now, since the book is new and the workshops and speaking engagements we're doing around this is new, is if they go to our website, MeaningfulAlignment.com, they can take the assessment for free right now. And um, it is included part of the package for all of our trainings and everything that we do. But for right now, it's offered for free and they can actually, it's 15 minutes online. They can download their own report um, and and be able to see where they are. But we built this model based on 22 years of executive coaching experience where we really looked at where do we find the biggest challenges with our clients and we do a process that's called identifying one's mental models, which are core belief systems that shape their whole life experience and shape their leadership style. We found that there were four primary areas that every single mental model fell upon. And one was around sort of a security index. One was an achievement. One was affiliation and one was control. And, um, based on that, we created a model to say, okay, which of those, what, what would we call that style, emotional style, if you will, that falls more on the achievement side or versus falls more on the affiliation side, et cetera. And so that's what that assessment's all about. And they can, anyone that's your listeners can certainly take it for free currently. That's great. Okay. So, um, meaningfulalignment.com. Yes. Um, we can find your book and tell us kind of how we can go find your book. Either meaningfulalignment.com or Amazon, of course, um, always a, a, a handy place for a lot of folks. So either one of those locations is the best place to source it. Okay. And you also have heart-centered leadership. Lead My first well. book. Yes. Um, I wrote heart-centered leadership almost 16 years ago and people told us I lost my mind that, um, you know, the word heart and leadership in the same sentence didn't exist. And, uh, but that was why we wrote it. (laughs) (laughs) We wrote it because we said that's, that's true, but it needs to, which is why I'm writing this. And we knew um, it was not going to resonate with everybody. And especially 16 years ago, 
Well, then my publicist comes to me and says, well, now there's like 30,000 books with the word heart and leadership in the same sentence. You need to re-release this because you were a decade ahead of your time, right? So we re-released the second edition um, in the last five or six years. And um, so Heart Center Leadership was my first book. And then I had a Amazon bestseller called Ken Show with a long subtitle I won't even get into now. And then this final uh, latest one is Meaningful Alignment. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'm definitely going to go get your book. And um, I spoke on emotional intelligence not too long ago. So definitely going to make sure they get your resources as well. So we'll see at the you. end of our show, we always ask our guests, who are there for? And kind of as that saying goes, show me your closest friends or colleagues, kind of who, who you put around you, and mm-hmm. I can show you your future. So mm-hmm. I would love to know who your four would be. Yeah, so I'm reflecting back on early in my career as I was, you know, the 25-year-old general manager of a a hotel, which was really young to be doing that. I was kind of going way back on my career when I think about people who really helped lift me up and believed in me and taught me some incredibly valuable lessons. Um, And one of them was a person by the name of Jim Ben Allen, and he was um, an area manager of mine. And the biggest lesson he taught me because I was asking for permission for everything to do because I was trying to get my footing and I was afraid to take big risk. And he would just, he would just answer the one question I'd ask him, well, is it okay if I do this or that? And he would say, Susan, it's so much easier to beg for forgiveness than to ask for permission. And then he would hang up on me. <laughs> I'd be like, no, wait, you didn't understand my question. I'd call him back. <laughs> and he would just, that's all he would say. He, would, he refused to answer me. He would just say, it's so much easier. And I'm like, okay. So it took me three or four times to really get it. And then I went like crazy with it, maybe a little too much. But that, that was one person that comes to my mind. Then just through a really challenging, that first year of being a general manager at that age and having everyone on my team and direct reports double my age, um, was another gentleman by the name of Lou Eckstein. And he came in as a new area manager and he believed in me from the very beginning. And every single day for for 20 days straight, he called to say, what do you need and how can I support you? It was crazy. Like I'd never experienced that level of support. So that was huge for me. And then I also really admired our um, chief operating officer at the time. And his name was Perry Sorensen. All of these gentlemen have all retired now. Um, in the hotel industry, but he was probably the most gifted at what I'd call sort of killing people with kindness because his interpersonal skills were so incredibly strong that he really helped shape me in terms of, okay, wow, I think I was just told off in the nicest way possible. So he was one. And then I also, as I was new to, I got promoted from that position, was asked to train general managers of this hotel company I worked for. And I had a woman who reached out to me who was really a peer level, probably a little above a peer level, actually. But she reached out because she knew I was new in my role. And she just said, hey, I just want you to know I'm here. I'm here to support you. What can I do to help navigate this new position for you? So those, all four of those individuals really helped um, shape my career and my growth as a, at that time, really young, you know, new leader. <laughs> so mm-hmm. those are people that come to my mind in my own experience. 
I love that. I love that they, you know, that, and that takes time. That's not their day job, if you oh, wait, <laughs> really set aside and develop, but what a lasting impact that has on people. So I, I, I just I hope leaders really know the time they take when they fill cups of people that, you know, they have influence around that, what that can mean for somebody, however many years longer, you, you know, later you right. remember that impact. I love that. Exactly. And the really odd thing is, is that last person I mentioned, Kathy, she actually does work for us now. It's crazy. It's come full circle. So I started my business 28 years ago, and she's an independent contractor, coach, and facilitator for us. And so you just never know, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit of, so you started out in the hotel industry. How did you land in kind of that, you know, developing leaders space, you know, really kind of the consulting space? Yeah, thank you. Um, one of the things that I knew I enjoyed most as being, you know, I, I was kind of the rise, a very quick rising leader in the hospitality industry. And I really knew one of the things I loved most was guest relations. Like I could handle any disgruntled customer. Like I was always given the ones that were the tough ones to handle. <laughs> and I would take so much satisfaction out of calming them down because I was, what was I doing? I'm using the skills we're talking about today, empathetic responding. Yeah. And I would see them completely change before my eyes. And I was like, wow, this is amazing how this can work. So I love that. And I also love the employee development side. And it was a very astute uh, human resource executive who met me as a young general manager and saw in me what, what he thought was my sweet spot of, you know, I could manage a property. I knew how to run a P&L and a budget and all of that. But he says, you know, you're really, this is sort of your gift. And that's who came to me later and said, we want you to take over running the general manager school and developing our future GMs. And I'm like, well, I don't know how to train those people. <laughs> I don't know how to do that. Like I would train an employee on how to com complete a task on the job. But they said, well, we'll teach you all of that. Like we see you have the competency and that's what led me down that whole path. And oh. yeah, and it really was the right thing. It was a very astute person who saw that in me right away. That, you know, young people, I, I do think there's a lot of pressure on young people to graduate high school and know what they want to do. And for most of us, we had, you know, I had no idea that field even existed, you know, True. even right out of college. And so it's, it's like just trusting that there are people around you and that will recognize those skills and help guide you and open doors. So um, that's very blessed message <laughs> because, uh, you know, it's not like there's, you know, your 75 boxes of what you can do in life, check one and go. <laughs> right. It <laughs> evolved evolution. over time. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much, Susan, for being with us. I really, really enjoyed our conversation. Love what you do and your work. And um, I am sure our paths will cross again. Well, I hope so. And thank you so much for just providing me the opportunity to, to be on this platform with you. And um, I think the more we all are sending these kind of messages out, the, the better and more connected we can be. We all know that today there's probably 
more disconnection than ever, but that that's the timing of meaningful alignment could not be probably more perfect. Um, and I just have a lot of gratitude for that. So thank you for all that you do and sharing the messages and all the consulting and coaching you're doing with your clients and speaking on emotional intelligence, because that truly is the nut to crack right now. It is. And I love that you wrote it in the format you you did, because now I read so many business books. Now I can act like this is a novel yes. and I'm reading for fun. So I love that. Thank you. All right. So meaningfulalignment.com. Yes. Get the book. Go look at your work. You have an assessment. You can go to Amazon. So we just highly recommend. We will also have those resources and links available as well on the podcast. So thank you so much. Perfect. Thank, thank you. you. Annie here. Thank you for listening to this episode of Leaders Spotlight. Make sure to visit our website, AnnetteKlazowski.com forward slash Leaders Spotlight, where you can find resources mentioned on this show, as well as past episodes. Check for new episodes of Leaders Spotlight every Friday, or better yet, subscribe to the show so you never miss an episode. You can also follow us on Instagram at Leaders Spotlight.